È, è difficile, però il pensiero è questo qui, continuare con il nostro percorso. L'anno scorso, quando abbiamo affrontato al Liverpool, lo abbiamo affrontato all'altezza, dimostrando che siamo una squadra anche noi molto competitiva e così lo faremo anche quest'anno. Champions League draw yesterday. You know we're getting into the heart of the football season when the uh, the great and the good of European football meet to go through a draw and then all have to stand around and talk about it. And unsurprisingly, Javi says, Javier Zanetti, the main man, getting a lot of conversation points after Inter were drawn in a group alongside Barcelona and Bayern Munich. But joining me today on the day to day live, Ollie Hopkins, Duncan Alexander, because we want to break these groups down a little bit and we've got a very handy tool. That allows us to do so. Ladies and gentlemen, it's power rankings time. We've been waiting to bring this live to you this season. We are now getting ready to go. So the question I'm going to ask Ollie here, who's a little bit of our power rankings guru, was Group C the toughest group that could have been drawn? What, ever? I mean, ever? Probably, probably. I think let me rephrase that into a much more logical sense. Is Group C the toughest group, according to our power ranking model? As long as ones where, where it looks like it is the hardest one on paper, and actually, yeah, it, it actually is. Um, I mean, you've you've got uh, Bayern, Barcelona, and Inter in in that group. Um, all of them have won the competition before in in the past, um, and it's going to be drawn together uh, in in a kind of uh, holy trinity is is tough. For, I guess those three clubs, but also um, tough on Victoria Pilsen as well. You are the fourth team to make up that. That group who's by the way are on those latches themselves uh, either um so yeah group group c has the the highest average power rank um of of any of the the groups um and by power rank there we basically just mean a score out of 100 whereby the the best team in the world are given a score of 100 and the the worst team are given a score of, of zero so naturally you know we're, we're in europe's top, 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 top competition here uh they're going to be high averages throughout all the groups, but yeah, that, that 93 average ranking in, in Group C makes it um, definitively the, the toughest group um, on, on paper and also on the machine as well. It's always good Go when trust the machine. <laughs> it's always good when paper and machine come up with the same solution for us. So let's look, 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 take a little focus at some of the other English clubs. And as much as we like to talk about the hardest group. I know there'll be some who might have looked at the group and when it came out and went, oh, that Tottenham group looks a little bit easy, that group, doesn't it, for them? Yeah, that's a tasty group. Um, I think they benefited from, from obviously Frankfurt were were in the, the pot one um, as Europa League winners. So um, whoever basically got them was getting a relatively easy group um, for, a, for a top seed. Um, you can see there that, yeah, Spurs uh, are... Ranked 14th in in the world in our um, in our model, and actually Frankfurt, who are the top seed in this group, are down in 55th. So, you know they they are currently 15th in in Germany, um, not often best starts um, domestically either. Also, they had a great run in in Europe last year, winning Europa League. Um, but but yeah, like on on paper, this is this is the easiest group, uh, and, and Spurs fans should be very happy about about who they've got um, because yeah, that's a that's a very um, generous draw. It's also a delightful set of away trips as well if you're into, you know, Euro travelling. Pretty good. Um, I mean, it, is it fair that the Europa League winners get a top seed in, in the Champions League? I mean, they've already, they've you know, won a trophy and got a bonus spot in the competition. It seems, I know that obviously they reorganised the competition a few years ago to 
to rather than having lots of top seeds from the same country, um, which was the case, Spanish and, and Premier League teams in particular, to you know sort of give it to the 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 title winner in in the main main countries. But it does seem a little bit unfair uh, for one team to be able to get Frankfurt in the group. I mean, but it was what's funny is is the Rangers obviously could could have won in in the final last year, uh, and they would have been a top seed, uh, and they're arguably the the lowest ranked team in their group currently, right? Yeah, that, there you go. I mean, I think that that would have been even more funny um, if, if they'd been a, a, a top seed. Um, yeah, I think just just because of the the relative strength of the Scottish Premiership, um, you know, Rangers and, and Celtic uh, are, are, are docked a few points um, for their league not being quite as um, strong as other leagues around around Europe. So the Rangers there um, are, are the lowest ranked. Uh, team in in Group A, um, but actually overall Group A is still a tough group. I mean, Ajax and Napoli they're really really strong, uh, and it's just, yeah, it's, as, you, as you can see on screen there with ninety two point two power rank average, it's the second hardest group behind that Group C group of death. Um, so yeah, certainly not an easy draw for Liverpool uh, at all, especially with their kind of ongoing squad uh, injuries and squad depth issues. Um, there should be a couple of of tricky away ties in that one as well. Well, you could argue three, given that you know we can roll out the uh, the old Battle of Britain uh, title, which used to, for uh, for younger viewers or listeners, it was very much a big thing in the uh, in the early nineties. Uh, Leeds drew, uh, got drawn against Rangers, and pretty much the whole country lost its uh, head at the excitement of a Scottish team and an English team playing each other. But um, Liverpool never played Rangers in a competitive game. But obviously, there's lots of links between the clubs, um, you know from. Graham Souness to to Mark Walters. So, yeah, I'll be looking forward to that one. Yeah, plenty to look forward to. Uh, Ollie's also done a really great pre piece that is now live on the analyst if you want to dive in. Actually really breaking down these groups a lot more and really diving into what our power rankings have got to say. So make sure you do head over to theanalyst.com to make sure you get to see all the latest after that Champions League draw. Um, obviously, Europa League draw going on as we speak right now, but really... No, not going to be diving into that one too much because it's a little bit too complicated for us to be doing that a little bit live. So let's dive on to something we know a little bit more. Uh, and that is obviously Premier League match day four coming up this weekend. It's thick and fast, the football at the moment. And obviously with a bank holiday weekend here in the UK as well, we are going back to back. So we've got games Saturday, Sunday and then Tuesday, Wednesday as well. So um, I'm sure we might drop back in Tuesday morning with a bit of a preview to match day five. But um, I don't know where we want to start, really, with these ones. I, I, I've got something I want to have a little bit of a dive into, but let's bring the uh, supercomputer's latest findings up uh, for everybody to see. Um, and really, I, I mean, I don't think the supercomputer this week has thrown out any surprises at me. Um, the one I'm interested in seeing, though, is that Aston Villa-West Ham game at the moment. Aston Villa being given a 35.7% chance of winning. West Ham being given a 35.4% chance. So very, very tight in the in the battle of the uh, clarity-coloured jerseys there. Um, but West Ham at the moment, and I, I, look, this is a must-win game for them. As much as they've had, they've obviously haven't won a game to start their season so far, their run from here is not particularly easy as well, because coming off the back of this, Tottenham at home, Chelsea away, Newcastle at home. So realistically, for them in the form they're in at the moment, if they can pick up anything over three points from those games, it's outstanding, which I think puts the pressure on this game. And it might be the perfect time to come and play Villa for West Ham. They're going to be buoyed by, obviously, European success. And 
yeah, that's the one I'm keeping my eye on this week. Again, like last week I said, I think last week built the pressure on Brendan Rodgers. This week, a little bit of a free pass for them. But I think this is the game where West Ham need a win or David Moyes slowly moves towards that hot seat that's currently building a little fire in the corner over here mm-hmm. where the managers really are beginning to be seeing the struggles come to life. And if that run goes on for Moyes and all of a sudden you've got four defeats on the bounce here, Time might be ticking. Time's always ticking, Graham. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, we know that every week in the Premier League, there's an official crisis club that's anointed. Um, you know, no one saw Liverpool coming this week, but but here we are. But I think you're right. I think after the drama of last week, the the fixtures, this is a, a slight lull, a slight pause maybe um, ahead, of, um, ahead of the midweek games. And obviously, it's quite interesting i guess that this time of the season normally we, we pause for an international break so for instance liverpool would have had to sort of sit for a couple of weeks and and think about their uh you know their showing at old trafford they're now going to get a chance to to presumably at home to bournemouth bounce back pr- pretty quickly and you can see there that the supercomputer makes liverpool the, the most likely winners of, of any team in the premier league this weekend which you know, yeah, they haven't won yet, but they are playing Bournemouth, who have only had 16 shots all season, which is uh, which is the lowest in the league. Um, they've got a particularly bad record at Anfield, as, as a lot of teams do. Obviously, Scott Parker is the last um, visiting manager to to win away at Anfield in that strange six-game losing streak they had a couple of seasons ago. Um, but surely Liverpool are going to get back on track here. I mean, you know, they they will create chances. They have created chances in, in most of their games. It's just they, you know, their habit of giving the... The opposition a goal lead or even a two goal lead, uh, you know, isn't ideal. So I think it sounds silly to say, but I think getting taking the lead early or at least taking the lead, uh, I think will be will be big for Liverpool. And um, yeah, they should come through it from from there on. I didn't quite realise how how desperately poor West Ham's form has really been. I mean, obviously, no points, no goals so far. The only team to kind of have have two zeros against those totals uh, this season, but they've They've won just once in their last 10 Premier League matches, if you look back to last season as well, which is against Norwich, who were already down at that point. Um, so since almost, you know, since the sort of back end of, of last season, they've really, really struggled. Um, and, you know, they've generated the third fewest open play XG of any side so far this uh, this season. So, yeah, things are, are, are not all well um, in East London. Yeah, I was sort of trying to dive around this a little earlier with West Ham to sort of try and pinpoint where it's not going right for them. And the XG obviously stands out, but there's nothing else that really, they just seem meh. I mean, that's the, I mean, I know that's not really a technical term for them, but it's they're not doing anything drastically wrong. They're not doing anything drastically right. It just feels like a couple of tough games, couple of couple of defeats, and it's just a momentum building. If you go back to their good run, sort of the start of last season, which sort of carried on to halfway through, really. Um, you know, there they were a few kind of p- perhaps unsustainable trends in there, like Mikel Antonio's goal scoring was was very hot. Um, obviously a, a really good player, but, you know, is is getting on now. They've obviously brought Skamaka in, who, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of bringing anyone over six foot into the Premier League, but it can take a while to get up to speed. Um, so, yeah, and obviously they did, possibly the right thing they did you know take their eye off the ball in the Premier League in, in the spring to try and concentrate on Europe which I think was actually quite refreshing because it's really annoying when managers spend all season getting into Europe and then the following year 
um, like Bolton did at once, just sort of get annoyed that they actually have to play European games. So I think it was right what West Ham did. But as we've said before here, that you often get a team that ends one season struggling a little bit and then that carries on into into the following season. And I think West Ham are you know a good example of that at the moment. And yeah, they kind of, as you said, Graham, they, they need a win from anywhere. And I guess away at Villa Park is, you know, is in that category. I suppose, you know, we are still very much in the small sample size um, period of the, of the season. You know, at West Ham's first game, OK, City dominated them. Fair enough. I mean, that's, you know, that's a very tough game anyway. Then they play Forest, miss a penalty, probably you know, should have at least got a point out of that game, um, arguably. Should arguably have won, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they play, they play Brighton, who are just also really good and, and kind of, criminally underrated really at the moment. Um I think, yeah, if we look at the the the, the zones of control map you've pulled up there, Graham, and, and for listeners, this basically shows that essentially all over the pitch, um, other than West Ham's own penalty area and left back position, they are, I guess, being out out touched um and out possessed. Um I imagine a lot of that will be skewed by City's dominance uh, in in the first game. But they have kind of struggled to I think impose themselves in any three of their, their matches really so so far, um, and yeah, I think An- Antonio is is obviously starting uh, currently ahead of Samaka, um, but for how long that that continues, we'll have to we'll have to see um, because Samaka was obviously a a big a big purchase over over summer, and Antonio hasn't always been able to kind of keep the, the fitness levels um, up and looks a little bit kind of leggy at, at times, uh, even early on. Yeah, boring times for West Ham. Sorry, don't you're about to dive in there. No, I was just going to look at some other games. I was, um, I think the Arsenal Fulham game is quite interesting. Um, you know, as as perhaps the the nation's leading interpreter of the supercomputer, I spend a lot of time with that machine. Um, I can I can kind of almost sense its nuances now, and it's <laughs> it's interesting because because it, Arsenal is sixty two point four percent to win at home to Fulham. Now, on the face of it, fine. Um, you know, Fulham are newly promoted. They've never, ever won away to Arsenal, ever. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's fair enough. But I think last season that would have been in the 50s for Arsenal. Um, I think that now they're creeping up to that sort of, that 60s. You know, they're not quite a Man City or Liverpool in the 70s at home to win. But, you know, the the strength of Arsenal is gathering strength. That doesn't make sense, you know what I mean? Um, gathering pace. Uh, and you know they just look really, really good. And I think if they can keep Gabriel Jesus fit, um, you know, and continue to to build on what he brings to the team, then yeah, I think that's going to be huge. Yeah, I think similarly. I think Arsenal should be comfortable favourites. Yeah, obviously they are, uh, but should comfortably win this one. I think the only threat that Fulham may pose is they've gone so direct this season. They're the most direct team uh, in in the league. Um, you know, they are. You're playing forward extremely quickly. Um, I think they only started to have a direct speed up the pitch over two meters per second in memory. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of hitting it along towards Mitrovic, uh, who was great in the air. He's, um, I think, one of the most aerial duels of, of any forward so far in in the league and has had the most headed shots uh, as well. So their threat will probably come from, from set pieces and probably countering quickly down the sides and kind of crossing it into Mitrovic. Um, so if Arsenal can, can contain that, if they can put someone like a like Gabriel on um, 
on Mitchell Rich and kind of body up against against him, um, they, they should be okay because they'll dominate the ball. Um, and they've been kind of in, in great form going forwards. Um, so I think the only threat that I'm sure Arteta will be well aware of. Yeah, Gabriel Jesus, obviously the big summer signing at Arsenal amongst many others, but uh, he's already drawing the attention of some of the former pros who's even willing to make quite a bold comparison to a former Arsenal legend. What surprised me is that about him is that he's got the hunger now. He just looks as though he really wants to be here. And um, yeah, he's, he's. And somebody said to me the other day, he's like, Jesus reminded them of. Jesus reminded it of, of Ian Wright. And I could see it now. I didn't really see it at the time. But um, Ian Wright had that kind of enthusiasm, wanting to score goals, scored goals similar to what. Jesus scores. Um, similar type of game, really. Yeah. When he's getting behind, um, seems to get on really, really well with his teammates. Uh, wants to score goals. That's the thing. He wants to score. And yeah, and I thought, yeah, I didn't really look at it like that. He, does, he is a bit like him, right? But if he can score goals like him, they'd be happy, and I'll be happy. Paul Davis there. Um, joined the other day our Statsform news team for a big log exclusive interview. I'm sure we'll be dropping in some other bits from Paul. There's loads that the, the guys did in a really great interview with him who's got a brand new book out. If you're looking for any Christmas gifts, we are in August. Uh, it will soon be September. That'll be fine to say quite soon enough. But yeah, I, I, it's a funny comparison, but I think if any Arsenal fan could turn around and say Gabriel Jesus is going to be a bit like Ian Wright, they might bite the hand off right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he's he's brought. I think what he's definitely brought to the team is uh, a mentality. You know, he's obviously a, a serial winner. He's won titles at City before. Um, he's kind of come in. Arteta made him kind of one of the the small leadership group. Obviously, he's you know, so he sees that sort of that hunger and desire and that sort of um, ability to lift his teammates in. Um, in the, in the dressing room um and when you can kind of combine that with his on the field displays you know it's 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 great and it's a you know it's, it's a real step up from with all due, due respect to them eddie and ketier and, and even lacazette from last season so having a focal point uh of that front three uh has been brilliant he's been you know able to to hold the ball up it's really really strong actually um, bring people into play um, and carry the ball well, go past players, and obviously he's, he's scoring as well. So he's um, yeah, he's been a revelation, I'd say, up, up top though so far. I think one thing people kind of forget in football a little bit is you can have all the you know nearly all the pieces in place. You can have good manager, you can have good prospects coming through, but often a team just needs some sort of catalyst, and it's kind of almost it's almost impossible to work out what that might be. And I think the I guess the the ultimate example of that in the Premier League era was was Eric Cantona going to Manchester United in in autumn '92. You know that that team that won the league that year was pretty much the same as had blown it the year before. But he was he made the difference. Now I'm not saying Jesus is necessarily going to have as in much of an impact as Cantona, but if he carries on like he is, then he he does seem to have knitted together all the different bits of of Arsenal that were working quite well, but maybe not completely as a as a team. And um, I think that makes Arsenal quite dangerous and yeah we do keep saying it's a very small sample size and it is early in the season and yeah Watford did start with four wins out of four a few years ago and spoiler they didn't win the league but I do think um, Arsenal they've got that kind of momentum now and in sport that momentum is hard to 
hard to get really and, and, that, and those catalysts that create that are equally hard to get so yeah it's I think it's quite exciting it's quite interesting as well because you know as much as we know Liverpool City is so strong I don't think anyone necessarily wants another you know another season of those two just being miles ahead of everyone else so yeah really interested to to see how it goes clearly now Fulham are going to pull off some Mitrovic uh, inspired smash and grab win but uh, but maybe not uh, Arsenal have not lost any of their last 33 games against newly promoted sides in the Premier League, which is uh, quite a staggering number to take into this weekend. And yeah, if they do, there'll be fans going, well, that's typical Arsenal. Yeah. Any, any, yeah, so just just a warning there, that will happen if it does. <laughs> fans jumping on bandwagons, that doesn't happen too often in the world. Anyway, right, Duncan obviously has gone and sat in the dark room with the supercomputer and has brought up all the latest for us in, in an yet another fantastic article that is on theanalyst.com for you now. So make sure you head over there to read that. Uh, for out, those of you who've been watching on the stream, we've been jumping around our stats hub. That's always available for you for so many leagues on there now. It used to be easy. You used to be able to yeah, name them on one hand, but these hand, these days, too many leagues for me to be able to name in one spot. But yeah, definitely dive around on there. And it is Friday today, so that means it's newsletter day. Ollie, what we got coming up for those who subscribe to our newsletter? We've got a look at um, Liverpool's, I guess, mini crisis. Uh, it's actually inspired by one of Duncan's pieces earlier this week, um, looking at how um, almost father time could be their, their biggest enemy, their biggest rival this year, especially in midfield. So definitely one. Make sure you head over to theanalyst.com and subscribe up to the newsletter to receive that each and every Friday, dropping into your inbox to make you look a lot smarter to your friends. I think that's the best way we can tag and sell it anyway. Uh, more impressively, Duncan, uh, we did think today's stream was going to be slightly uh, derailed by some emergency tree surgery work going on outside, but haven't heard a whisper from it so far. Yeah, they're in. I can see them out the window. They're in the sort of uh, taking the detritus away stage um, from a, a, a tree that sadly, I think, got hit in uh, in a storm the other day. But yeah, the, I was worried the background noise would sound a little bit like the uh, the sound of that black hole that that came out earlier this week. But yeah, silence is golden. Could you call it an X tree? Very good, Graham. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Wait, it's twenty three. <laughs> X tree on target, uh, lightning, etc. Yeah, I've waited 22 minutes for that gag, and it's definitely going to be that it's not going to get any better than that, is it? Right then, as ever, make sure you're following us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram as well, all at Opta Analyst for all your usual throughout the weekend's action. We'll probably be back on Tuesday with a very brief look backward and then a very quick look forward because we are in that great time where we've got football, football, football galore coming at you across everything. But for now, on behalf of Ollie and Duncan, thank you very much for joining us on the stream. Thank you very much for listening to us on the podcast. Enjoy your bank holiday here in the UK and we will see you very soon. <laughs>